welcome to defen episode number 74 since we realized that we are falling out of uh, you know uh, people's uh, interest and then we thought we're going to bring in much more hipper cooler people on your podcast so reignite the interest in defen because we are old as people talking about shit and and then ray keeps talking about some victorian shit that nobody understands and fuck off i'm somewhere in between immigrant dude talking about some shit that nobody understands So we want to we want to make sure that you know the snap I don't know if snapchat is a thing these days I I'm not the tiktok thing yes the tiktok meme the gramophone that's, the gramophone is a thing yeah yeah Not, that's 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 a vinyl that's records advanced for you vinyl records will probably <laughs> oh, listen to street light manifesto on vinyl for all I know anyway <laughs> so we decided time. yes so we decided we're going to get somebody way more hip way more cool than oh, yeah. us so This is good the greatest crossover that you've been waiting for. <laughs> Please welcome to the episode Jordan. Hey. <laughs> I'm the trendy new dev on the block. I actually thought you were going to say Will when you were talking about like <laughs> Nah. <laughs> Look, he's was, he's the guest. He knows what he's he getting going, into. And I was going to be <laughs> like, "Oh no, you're going to be so disappointed." Uh, <laughs> I know. So. I thought you were saying Will and I was like, "Oh, this you could lead it." Like I was engaged too. Like, uh, <laughs> 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 oh. You have to know that the you know that the guests are just an after effect you know just an afterthought as far as yeah so it's like <laughs> could come one episode off the next you know it's like I mean of course we we you know first we need to introduce the co-host now we're going to introduce the guest so maybe you can introduce the guest and double down on the Gen Ooh, Z yeah. pandering you know <laughs> yeah, millennials come on you know trend us up <laughs> well okay no 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 so i'm i'm the trendy new dev on the block but even trendier is closure script so oh, we yeah. have somebody <laughs> that is doing some really i did not prepare a script this is a lot <laughs> <laughs> welcome to deafen everyone welcome to deafen will acted aka yeah. okay haven't oh my god nice people should have clicked twice they should hmm. be following the memes oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah thank you all for for having me on this has uh been uh quite a journey so far even in the last 10 minutes that I've been on so I'm excited to see where the rest of you're already is. regretting <laughs> uh regret would be too strong but you know I'm getting up there. we'll get there we'll get there uh, yeah. it's too early for regret be, you know like, yeah but it will be it will be complete regret if it is just Ray and you know me but we have better guests and better host so co-host so we are, we are talking about your t-shirt so yeah welcome to the i don't know streetlight manifesto podcast what is <laughs> what what is streetlight right, manifesto right. you know you go to you go to one concert and you get one t-shirt and suddenly <laughs> like the entire internet is now uh <laughs> you know <laughs> knows you by that uh no. who is yeah. who is uh, will oh that streetlight manifesto fan guy <laughs> yeah, yeah right, that streetlight guy, dude the scar guy Great, the scar guy. Oh yeah, the scar guy. <laughs> it's. I won't even rate it. I was like, you know, in my in my top three, uh, you know, music genres. But I, I do love uh, Streetlight Wait, Manifesto. What are your other two? Um, I mean, uh, 
you know, I actually, I, I played classical music for uh, a long time as uh, when I was growing up. And so, um, you know, when I'm like, it, it depends on like the time of day, but either I'm in like, uh, okay, I've got to like settle down and get into a flow. So I'm going to do some like, uh, you know, classical music, uh, you know, some, some Bach Vivaldi, or I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta pump myself up. I gotta hype myself up. I'm on my third cup of coffee and my brain's not turning on. So that's when the streetlight manifesto comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, no. <laughs> Any Lindsay <laughs> Sterling? I would think, I thought you were going to be like, then I get in my flow and I listen, I do a crossover, like classical dubstep, Lindsay Sterling. <laughs> here we go. Like, <laughs> I thought that's where we were going with it. I mean, I, I think mean, our, maybe, our, our maybe audience I check that out like, after this. Oh, you haven't heard Lindsey Sterling? Which one? You haven't heard Lindsey Sterling? Uh, not, not maybe like one or two songs, but her name doesn't like immediately ring a bell. Well, Ooh. she's a violinist that dances. She just like she dances, and it's dubstep. It's and she plays. Yeah, it's, mm. it's this this like a, this yeah, episode this pretty awesome. <laughs> this episode should have been a video recording. I mean, people who are listening are missing out race monkey jumping <laughs> and you reenacting violin dancing. This, this is this pure gold. It's true. Can I, can I check, Will? You know, when you went to see Street That Manifesto, did you get into the mosh pit? No, Fuck no, I did man. not. Come on. Yeah. What? I know. I know. Uh, you were know, you that trying was to be like, COVID uh, safe, were you? Uh, it was pre-COVID, uh, luckily. So, but um, yeah, I just you know my my body doesn't. Uh, I mean, there wasn't like much of a mosh pit there, anyways. But um, what is it? it? You know, I'll be the I'll be the guy like the guy. What is the a mosh pit? You mean? Yeah. Oh, it's like all the ba- like the the front of the the front of the audience, which are going mental and sort of packing, ah, and jumping, and dancing. Okay. You know. Yeah, so it definitely they, they depends on the scene. Name. Okay. Like, you know, when I was, when I was a, a teenager, I, I went to a, a few like metal shows and, you know, they get really, uh, you know, into their, uh, sort of, you know, moshing and, you know, beating each other up and throwing each other around. And I did that like once and I was like, okay, this, <laughs> this hurts. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I, I want to pay how... much money to go and get a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I like punk mosh pits. Cause, uh, so I grew up, my, um, my stepdad was in a punk band is in a punk band and so i grew up i grew up like punk punk and so you know i would be this like 10 11 12 year old little girl my dad taking the shows and you know they were chill enough that you know when i wasn't in there they would go a little rougher it was fun but then they would let me in and they would let like a 12 year old girl dance you know dance and skunk around and in these awesome wash fits so that was uh is it the place where they throw the singers onto the crowd is it that one no, no, that's crowd that? waving, isn't it? Crowd surfing. Okay, all right. But yeah, I remember I have, when, when I, I was because uh, I, I, I was a punk when punk was a thing. Uh, when your dad <laughs> was a punk, I was a punk. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, you know, yeah, the mosh pit was it was just basically just pushing everyone around, you know. And it was yeah, it was quite uh-huh. quite uh, extreme, really. But mm. uh, but I, if I'm not not wrong, uh, Will, you do some martial arts, don't you? So you're kind of built for it, really. <laughs> punch other people and then move uh, to the front well you know the the martial art that i chose is also specifically one that i do not get hit in the face a lot so okay. um you know i've, I've got to protect protect the brain the money maker um but yeah i'm a i'm a black belt in uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu um Ooh. so i got 
I got my black belt back in 2019. I've been doing it for about 10 years now. Um, and uh, I haven't like, I, I actually yesterday trained for the first time since like February of 2020, because mm -hmm. it turns out that, uh, you know, wrestling around with people, you know, grappling with people is like not super COVID safe. Um, <laughs> I just wasn't super comfortable with it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so I'm getting back into it. So very sore today is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, I went light. I'm easing my way into it. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've also got like a ton of injuries that, uh, you know, um, I'm still like still coming back from COVID has actually been great for like my overall, like, you know, injury recovery process, uh, terrible in other ways for my health. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to like, see like, okay, instead of like going deep into that trough again of, uh, you know, having everything hurt and being like, okay, how much is that surgery going to cost? Uh, you know, trying to, trying to stay on that healthy, healthy track instead. So what, do, what is Brazilian, Brazilian, I've got a word. Thing. <laughs> what is the, the only uh, thing that you know is fencing and lancing. Yeah, what's the difference between like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and sort of uh, standard jiu-jitsu from jiu-jitsu? It's Japan? it's taught in Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I've been to a few classes in Portuguese, um, but uh, I, I mean, it's it's all sort of like yeah, the the branding and everything is like very nebulous. Um, mm -hmm. So you know. Uh, if you go to a school that teaches jujitsu, you're, you're, you can't always be sure exactly what you're getting. Cause like jujitsu just means martial arts and, mm. and, and, uh, you know, J Japan, uh, Japanese. And so that's um, what a conven but, convenient naming, like, what are you learning? Martial arts. No, what should we name this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Brazilian jujitsu is sort of like a branding around this, uh, um, sort of, uh, style of martial art. Um, and, uh, that started in uh, it, it started in Japan as uh, sort of the it was like pre judo like if you know what judo is judo is about like you know it's in the Olympics people like throw each other and pin each other and and stuff like that and it's a very explosive like athletic martial art it's really fun to watch um, at least the highlight reels are really fun to watch uh, and then um, and but sort of like pre pre judo there was kind of this uh, you know. Um, primordial form of that grappling art that uh, got uh, brought to uh, Brazil because there's a huge, um, actually like uh, a huge population of Japanese people that immigrated to, to Brazil during that time. And, uh, and so then it, it grew there and it, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is also very much linked to the history of MMA and the UFC. Um, mm -hmm. So like the, the people that started uh, the UFC are, uh, uh, they're the, the Gracie family. There's a, a part of the Gracie family that started the UFC. And they're also the ones that really popularized and, and grew this martial art in Brazil and then in America called Brazilian well, Jiu-Jitsu. It dominated UFC. Once, once, once people started doing BJJ, didn't they just like any, any martial artist that was doing BJJ would just destroy every other martial arts from my understanding. Um, and so that's part of what BJJ already. Popular. I mean, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is what we got on for. This is what we got on for. So I have, I have a question uh, for you, Will. So my understanding is that BJJ is very, uh, very. I don't want to say movement driven. Uh, very uh, combination driven. 
in that you see you see your opponent doing this so it's almost like chess where you're you're um, your opponent does this, you do this, you, and it, you can you build on that. And it's interesting here that you have a background in music and classical music, in a background. Mm-hmm. You know, you also enjoy BJJ, which my understanding at the higher levels. Which if you're a black belt, you're doing the higher levels. Um, you know, it, you're really kind of weirdly applying these uh, the same kind of thinking that I think we do in programming a lot with um, you know solving solving problems and thinking programmatically. Um, do, do you feel like you use the same part of your brain to those things or are they totally like separate for you? Yeah. Is there closure script in Jiu-Jitsu or not? That's the biggest <laughs> question. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, um, it's, it's easy to sort of like pull generalizations out of like, you know, all these different like complex topics that, you know, um, that I participate in and that everyone else participates in. So definitely like, um, you know, knowing how I learn and how I sort of like think about problems helps me understand how I can apply myself to like, you know, uh, like I, I programmed for far longer than I've done jujitsu, less time professionally, but, um, you know, I started programming when I was like, you know, in, in grade school, just like messing around on, uh, you know, the family computer going back to like, you know, me being uh, the epitome of millennial and my space. Uh, I wasn't, you know, uh, I, I'm gonna, uh, I, I wasn't on the social media train that early, but, um, I guess unless you count Neopets, like is Neopets oh, wow. social media. And okay. if, if so I was like really into, to, uh, I didn't play a lot of RuneScape. No, no. But, you know, it's uh, to bring that back to jujitsu, um, <laughs> you know, there's uh, a lot of um, sort of like analysis that, you know, I apply to like learn like, okay, how should I solve these different problems? How are other people solving those problems? But unlike sort of, uh, you know, programming in, in ClojureScript, uh, there's a huge like performance part of martial arts, like when I go to a tournament, for instance, um, you know, that is uh, an area and a context that like, I, I was super unfamiliar with, like, I kept trying to apply, like, how do I how do I analyze this and like, be more like analytical in my approach to how I'm like, combating my opponents in a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament, and it just didn't work. And I had to like, learn how to like, uh, you know, sort of quiet that analytical part of my brain mm-hmm. and, you know, be more like in the moment and get into a flow and, uh, you know, just uh, do what I had trained to do in the weeks and years prior. I'm not sure if this is like a programming um, mindset or something, because every time you talk to a programmer and then they, they, see, they see like, oh, cooking, it's just like programming. Oh, martial arts, it's just like programming. Like everything is just like programming for some reason. Programmers. <laughs> well, if you're a programmer, <laughs> dude... I- I can tell that the my, the way my brain has fundamentally worked because I'm only I've only started programming recently and I did MySpace and then I just didn't own a computer for years and like lived on you know just and now um now I'm super heavy into it and my brain has changed and it's recent enough that I can remember and I can realize that the way that I think about problems the way I solve problems the way I am just more naturally inclined to solve engineering problems. Yeah, it's changed and it's evolved and it's so cool. But isn't it then, you know, causing kind of a uh, 
fucked up situation where you keep thinking everything is an engineering problem you know even when you deal with people even when you deal with you know psychological things even when you deal with everything everything looks like i can debug the shit out somehow I, all i need yeah. is a repel into my dog's brain you know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what you're me, talking about that's the exact problem with facebook and google isn't it is that they actually yeah. think that yeah yeah to to make everything programmable I mean, leave leave some shit alone i guess you know then maybe that would be yeah. <laughs> one oh, thing that, that gets But, me on the social media is i know i know how these algorithms work so i know hmm. how to fool some of them and yeah. i just like will it like willingly won't do it on some platforms i think there was there was somebody who posted a comment this morning i read that um the they they were on facebook and then they uh keep liking anti uh, conservative anti church whatever something mm-hmm. for whatever the reason uh for their personal reasons and then they get recommended only the conservative stuff like the ads mm-hmm. so someone was saying that the algorithm is not able to figure out whether pro and anti thing is actually a thing you know so mm-hmm. all it can pick up is the keyword that says conservative right, okay right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very common it's like you keep you keep you know liking i don't know what kind of person you would be if you click i hate dogs sort of thing and then you keep getting advertisement for you know <laughs> dogs <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah, but i think even if we go back to the jujitsu thing now that that seems to me yeah. it's a bit more like uh like twitch live streaming you know it's like <laughs> yeah or or taking you know jordan's stuff on board you know yeah 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 there's a, a definite like performance aspect of it there's also a deep like you know analytical aspect you know learning sort of the language of you know uh the how how your body moves and like you know all the rules that you know like like again like you know jiu jitsu were were mainly like uh you know wrestling with each other we're grappling so we're not getting i'm not getting punched in the face all the time which is something that i uh enjoy not doing and uh <laughs> nice. so <laughs> um and and so you know there's there's rules there's the way that uh you know your body moves and so that uh and you know as you get more experience you start to be able to like anticipate what other people are going to do um you know if they also understand how their body moves and how the rules kind of work and then nice. you know you start to build a game around that mm-hmm. um and so that the analytical thinking of uh sort of programming is very useful in that aspect of it but you know like uh you know like vj was saying you know there's a whole realm of it that just you know trying to stay in like that analytical part of your brain uh just doesn't like help you perform at all and i and i think that's mm-hmm. actually true of programming to some extent too cuz you know uh it's easy for us it's easy for me to focus on like okay how do i like optimize this like algorithm or how do i um you know how do i structure my application but in a way that is like sort of fits the mechanics of the problem that i'm thinking about um but there's also like you know you're communicating uh intent and all this information through your code and through your uh documentation to other people and we don't spend as much time like that's a much harder problem to sort of like sit down and analyze um yep. mm-hmm. you know it, it requires more like communication and empathy and like you know social like skills I think that's that, why we take the shortcut of you know just writing the code and if it works then I'm done you know instead of worrying about like <laughs> well, let's document yeah. this let's try how, to explain this shit to someone else <laughs> how do those people i i see all these um twitch twitch streamer coders and i'm like how are you able to just sit down for hours at a time and not only write 
code, but also, you know, you, I hope you're writing documentation, but, and then talk it <laughs> out at the same, yeah. at the same time. Cause pairing is one thing pairing, you know, you can just be like, Oh shit, sorry, coworker. Let me, uh, my cat, uh, you know, you can <laughs> pause, you can think you can go, uh, <laughs> you're allowed oh, to yeah. do that on, on a Twitch stream. On Twitch, yeah. I think if when someone how- tunes in for like three hours of, uh, three hours of Twitch stream, they're going to expect a few, they expect fuck ups. I mean, I think Twitch stream is a bit like many, like many things like this show, or like many things. Everyone likes it when people fuck up, you know, it's like when we do the apropos thing, uh, this YouTube channel, people really like it when we, when we make a mistake in the REPL or they can send in better examples. They, they love that kind of shit, you know? So, you know, and I think actually, as long as you embrace that, that, you know, Everyone, someone, there's someone out there on the internet's got a better idea. It's okay, you know. It's all right. That's true. I was, I was thinking of starting like a thing, like every Saturday, because I, I usually pick up some random shit that I have no idea about, and then try to punch my brain through it. So I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like Saturday night live software soliloquies or something, you know, like it's going to be the <laughs> brand, and then I just keep banging, googling shit, and then sharing my screen, and nobody is going to enjoy that show. <laughs> and that's gonna that's gonna you know discourage a generation of programmers like is this is what programming is no fucking way <laughs> i'm not gonna get into this shit <laughs> they're already ruined with copilot let's um, they're already I, I, ruined i did i did try it <laughs> did you yeah 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 so Last you time got right. VS, whoa 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 you got vs code vj I, I have i have every possible editor on my thing because i i need to know you need to know your enemy you know that's the whole idea of <laughs> martial arts apparently i know I, so i, I got invited VS i don't know why ah oh, god okay well that's a gen z thing no 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 i recommend vs code for other people that are learning to code because it's yeah, too much yeah, to yeah. learn emacs and anything else at the same time so if you're that's trying true. to fix that off, use VS Code with pair edit so you get some good habits. Yeah, that's, or if that's you're doing a good Pi Char- Pi, If you're doing Python, also PyCharm is pretty pretty great. So yeah, yeah. okay, IDs. What ID do you use, Will? Yeah, so on that on that on that bombshell, we need to know, <laughs> you know, Will Emacs or some other shit. Yeah. <laughs> this this um, is going to conclude hey. the podcast. So think carefully. Yeah, this is, oh, you had to know this well, was coming. You knew what podcast you were on. You know VJ's question, his main question. I did. I was going to be actually super sad if we got to the end of this and he hadn't asked me that. Because um, uh, I am, I am an Emacs user. We just got started. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 The That's, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can to the Emacs section. Emacs podcast. <laughs> podcast. Well, my, I, I tried the Emacs to undo dance. yesterday. I tried to oh? I tried to undo yesterday, and it locked up my Emacs. And I was like, you know, for a brief second, I was like, you know, maybe I'll switch to VS Code or or something <laughs> to VS Code because uh, I think it's something you know messed up. It's it's I, definitely I like too. a a problem with my config, but you know, no, no, I have that same problem. I config that like I'm telling you, one out of like a thousand times it's only one out of 1000 times undo just stops working just doesn't doesn't work anymore and i have to like close down emacs start it back up and it'll work for another like thousand times yeah i mean i can see that you're struggling with emacs but you need to understand that emacs is more like a (laughs) buddhist way like suffering is part of life so sometimes (laughs) shit hits the ceiling and then you just accept it that's that's taking you to nirvana you know you need also, to Emacs is telling you you have uh, Emacs is telling you you have to be intentional with your code. 
There is no try. There is no try. Only do. Exactly. And there's definitely no undo. There is, but it it might just, you know, uh, lose all of your work that you just did. No, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm super, the thing is that like, I'm still really bought into like the idea of Emacs of this like programmable interactive environment. Like it's one of the things that I, I love about, you know, the idea of closure and, and closure script and this idea of having a, a programmable <laughs> environment that I can like also have a, a decent enough text editor in is like really attractive, but um you know, it's just like in practice, sometimes it's a little painful. <laughs> oh, I guess let's get into your before closure. And how did you find the light? Uh, yeah, happy to talk about that. I mean, like I said, I, <laughs> I started uh, programming a, a long time ago, but um, I've, I've sort of always like bounced around like different languages. Um, and so, you know, I, my, my pet, the project that I used to always do in like every language that I would try was, uh, this was way back in the day, but I would write an IRC bot in it. So I've probably written an IRC bot in like at least a dozen different languages um, just to try it out. But um, oh, this was- IRC, not higher C. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Internet to <laughs> unit. Sorry. Hey, that's pre-millennial IRC. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Well, I know I, I, I know IRC, but the way you said it, higher C, I was like, oh, well, C sucks. Higher C must really. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. What is the language language of the priests? You know, next level. <laughs> I was like, o- only available to the higher category of society. <laughs> the fuck is higher C? Oh man! <laughs> like, okay, so you wrote an IRC bot. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, but this was, you know, I didn't encounter and I didn't encounter closure until I was. Um, I'd been working in the industry for a few years, and I was still, you know, I was writing JavaScript uh, web applications for a living back then, and um, this was back in like, you know, there was lots of churn in the language at the time. Like ES6 was like this brand new thing that everyone was talking about, and like I was you getting excited at about the time, that, but I was like, you know. At the time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it stopped, does it? <laughs> well, you know, now we're on to like ES twenty thirty yeah, just or whatever it is. is. <laughs> you know, ES twenty twenty five. You know, ES six is like if you're not supporting that, like, what are you even doing? Um, which there are plenty of browsers actually that uh, still don't support that. You know, depending on what kind of application you're working on. Um, but I was experimenting with uh, more functional languages, like the the JavaScript features that were coming out were sort of like reported as being better because they were more functional. And I was like, oh, functional languages, that sounds interesting. And uh, so I tried like Elixir and Erlang, and I was into that for a minute. And then uh, I started getting into like OCaml. And, uh, but, you know, I was bouncing around to all these different languages. And then, and then I did some experiments with like Clojure and Clojure Script. And then I had this opportunity uh, at that job to, we were starting a greenfield project. And I was like, okay, what, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna make the business case here for like, uh, you know, something other than JavaScript and Java, which was kind of what our stack had been up until that point. And I was like, what if we could like unify, you know, the two stacks with one language and like, um, and sort of like, you know, politically within that organization, there was this big 
there was like a split between like you were uh, a web front end developer or you were a back end developer. And uh, I was like, I want to try and fix that as well. I wanted to try and, um, you know, meet those minds uh, together and, uh, you know, um, share resources in that way. And so I pitched, I, I ended up deciding to, to pitch Closure and Closure Script as the solution to that. And that's where it went from like something that I kind of played with as a hobby to then, okay, now I'm, I'm working in Closure and Closure Script full time um, and, uh, and doing it as a hobby and, uh, and, you know, open source work and all that stuff. So that's kind of, so they're bought into it, I guess, but what were your, what was your, what was your pitch actually? Cause you know, that's often, it, well, maybe it's like, it's just awesome works for the people you were talking to, you know, and you know, and I'm Will, so trust me, I'm an actor. You know, I don't know, but, uh, you know, maybe that's enough. But if you've got any more details, that would be also nice, just in case people still need the bullets, you know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, actually, uh, so Derek, the CTO of the company that I work for right now, has a great talk called, um, I think it's titled, like, uh, Why Closure Script, um, or something to that effect. I think it's and, Closure uh, Script for the topic- Skeptics. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, closure script for the skeptics. And and that talk actually helped me a ton. Um, I think that, you know, um, there was first, I was very lucky in that, like, uh, the boss that I had at the time was very willing to give me like autonomy and authority to like make some of these decisions and, and support me in that to like people outside of our team. Uh, so that was huge. Um, and then, you know, the developers on the team, I kind of laid it out, like, listen, we, we've been building, uh, you know, applications using JavaScript and Java for a long time. Now we, we see some of the, the warts there and, and the things that we're starting to adopt, the best practices that we're adopting are basically what's already in closure and closure script proper, right? Like they come out of the box with all of these tools to support like immutability, and uh you know um and and we also get um you know we we aren't losing like the ecosystem of libraries that we pull in to like you know save labor and stuff like that um so you know it 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 definitely wasn't like uh unanimous like yeah let's do it but people were, were like yeah uh you know uh we trust Will, and uh, you know he's making some good arguments here. Like, let's let's give it a shot. And so I was very lucky in that regard. Just so just how, on timing, do, on the timing. Just sorry. yeah, go on. Okay. I got enough. <laughs> on the timing, was this pre or post shadow? Um, this was post shadow. So that that also helped a lot as well. I think because you know, um, th- so this was the. This was back in like 2017, I think. So it it, it was, uh, you know, we we went, we definitely adopted Shadow Seal JS after, you know, I had sort of like tried all of the other things that were out there because for us, we already had a ton of uh, uh, JavaScript experience. We had libraries that we had built internally that we needed to be able to adopt, and um, Shadow Seal JS just made the most sense back then to to do that and. Uh, and so I haven't really like I've I've kind of like found my like mm-hmm. little home in uh, using Shadow Seal JS as my build tool, and so 
it isn't this going to be a big oh, yeah. argument it's not going to be a big argument in your company because you know they know you have black belt in jiu jitsu so you say close just they're like okay you know more not <laughs> you're going to so, cut a chop their head off like <laughs> with higher c so <laughs> some shit is going to happen who knows <laughs> so i'm interested on uh did it work because we all know about this uh this front end back end uh developer situation i will say <laughs> so like did it did it work to unite people because even you know closure and closure script even though they're the the same language and i'll tell i'll just seduce people into closure i'll tell them it's the same language <laughs> same thing and then like you know see the closure script code with like all the uh all the the the, the hard boys which are to call uh i don't even know what they're it's the official name of not the parentheses the uh brackets, brackets square brackets square brackets, square brackets yeah. um and it's the workflow is still very different and thinking in a front end because you kind of have to embrace mutability when you're doing front end to a certain extent you you know you can't get it in back end you can really get away with being like no 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 we're not we're not changing things back here <laughs> um so did it work did it work and and what and, and follow up question what do you consider yourself like in your heart a front end or a back end or a polyglot Okay. Um, yeah, I think that organizationally, it did uh, do what what you know I said that one of the goals was, which was to allow us to you know unite the the developers, you know, front end and back ends. Um, it it wasn't just all the language, right? Like this was sort of like a push for us um, as a team, and like other people, other teams were really pushing to like because because before this project, we even had like separate teams for front end and back end. And that was like, awful. Um, you know, and so we were, we were really pushing for like, let's have like, you know, vertical integration in our teams, like, let's have, you know, the front end and back end guy actually talking to each other rather than like, <laughs> uh, you know, sort of like throwing tickets over the wall or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, and and I think it worked out. I, I think that you know that organizational change worked out really well for us. Um, you know, and closure and closure script helped because it sort of helped pitch to the business that like, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, Amy over here can like, you know, she's a back end dev, but you know, she can like come in and like work on some of the front end stuff, and she's not going to be like, she already knows closure, so she can like, you know, mess with the syntax. She doesn't have to set up a whole like new like editor and tool chain and stuff like that and vice versa, you know, mm -hmm. but everyone still had their like specialties. And, and I would say that like, um, at that company, I was very much growing into being like sort of, uh, uh, full stack, I guess is sort of like the term of art that we use these days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, working a lot on the, uh, on the back end and the front end. And, uh, you know, when I joined Imparity, um, that was I, the reason that I joined them was because it was really a chance for me to sort of specialize. And so, um, you know, I've been working, I, I still make changes all across the code base there, but for the most part, my uh, sort of area of ownership and my specialty is on the front end there. And in your heart? <laughs> in my heart, I mean, so... IRC bots. In, yeah. No, no. I would say like going back even further, going back even further, like, you know, the the my first programming language ever was the game maker language. 
So it was uh, making, uh, it was a, a program for making games and it had this drag and drop interface, but I was like, oh, it has a language too. And I was like, you know, 11 and had all the free time in the world. So I learned that. But the problem was, is I, at the time, I wasn't very skilled in like, art, you know, like making computer art or like writing stories and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, what other thing can I do? So I made, you know, a butt, like an app, an app essentially with buttons to launch my favorite applications. And, uh, you know, it, it made me, it brought me a lot of joy in my heart to make a button that when I clicked it, it did something. Mm -hmm. And so still to this day, I feel like I have that, uh, you know, feeling of joy in my heart every time I make a button that does something. And so that's why I think in my heart of hearts, I'm a, I'm a front-end developer. Yes. <laughs> so I click the button and then console log, hello world. I'm like, okay, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But what other languages that, that um, you experimented with or played with? Because if it is mostly front-end, is like CoffeeScript or TypeScript and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of TypeScript uh, as well. And uh, the one that I was really, uh, you know, into before I got into Clojure Script was a language called ReasonML. Um, yeah, yeah which is like it's a yeah, yeah, it's like a, a a new syntax developed by by Facebook for OCaml yeah. that looks more like JavaScript but still has all the same type system. Yeah, um, and then uh, and you know I was. At the time, they were coming out with like, okay, you write your code, your static, you know, your statically typed code in using this ReasonML syntax, and then you compile it using this compiler called BuckleScript, mm -hmm. and then it comes out as like relatively readable JavaScript. And uh, and I was I was really into that. I, I really enjoyed that for a little while. Um, now it's been like rebranded and sort of like changed. Now it's called uh, Rescript, um, where it's kind of like instead of being like sort of two to four separate projects all work together, now it's like one bundle, um, which is probably better for a developer experience. Um, and, and I considered it at the time as well, like, uh, you know, back, you know, when we were starting that new project, like, okay, what if we did like OCaml on the back end and, you know, buckle scripts compiled, you know, OCaml on, on the front end. Um, but I, I just didn't see like the, I had experimented with writing like bindings for a job, a few JavaScript libraries in ReasonML. And it was a, a very painful, arduous process. Like even creating like sound bindings to JavaScript promises, I was having to dive super deep into these like really complex, like tank theoretical like constructs to like get there. Um, and I was like, am I going to be able to explain phantom types to like some of my coworkers, <laughs> like to like, you know, you, 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 to be able to use uh, uh, some of these libraries that I'm trying to bind to? Probably not. Like I, I didn't see like, it just wasn't, I didn't see it as very, um, useful. It was very fun. I really enjoyed working within the OCaml type system. There are lots of fun puzzles to like pull apart and like try and piece together there. But um, yeah, ultimately I was like, I think it makes more sense for us as an organization to uh, use like a dynamic language like Clojure and ClojureScript. Yeah, just to, on that note, um, 
when we, when I've worked with closure and closure script, we've usually had some sort of data representation in the middle, or some business logic in the middle written in in like CLJC. Is that something which you went with as well? Or is that something you adopted? Because you know this, I think it's it started off being pretty pretty. Um, you know, I think it wasn't very well picked up at the beginning CLJC, but now I think I feel like more and more libraries are starting to do that, and more and more people are starting to get into it. Despite some of its warts, you know, are you a are you a fan? Yeah, I try and write. Um, you know, any any library that isn't like targeted to a specific platform. So like Helix is um, still a bunch of it is CLJC, but that's mainly for like sort of organizationally. Like I, I can have macros and functions in the same like file that might operate at different times in the compiler toolchain. But uh, but like other libraries that I've written like. Uh, that aren't targeting a specific platform like the uh, like JavaScript. Uh, I try and write them all in CLJC because I think that there's a lot of power in being able to use the same tools on the front end and the back end. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, at, at that company, we had like a, sort of a shared data model that we were also building at the same time. Um, and the way of you know talking front end to back end, the sort of um, the way that we were sharing that was through GraphQL. So we had a, a GraphQL service that was sort of like, here's everything that you would need to know about a user and their accounts and you know all that stuff. And so you could talk to that, um, you know, uh, via the front end or or via some other service, um, and that worked okay. But um, again, kind of going back to like being constrained by the type system. I felt very constrained by the GraphQL type system. And uh, so I, um, you know, I, I, that made a lot of sense for us because like we had JavaScript clients that weren't built in ClojureScript that were starting to adopt that as well. Um, but I think that like, if we were all Clojure and all ClojureScript, uh, you know, something in CLJC or uh, something that used Eden as the transport would like make a lot more sense to, um, you know, handle that. Uh, sort of like shared business logic and shared like representation of mm. again like who a user is their account information and stuff like that nice i think before we switch to the next topic i think we need to address the emergency kitten yeah. in the podcast now <laughs> well, we have a special guest oh, gonna... <laughs> yeah. what's his name it's a her she's oh sorry lady. Yeah, come on. What's the cat's pronouns? I think, I think, Jesus. I think first, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even first ask I should my ask cat's pronouns. Oh. Fair, fair this enough. Is, yes. This is, uh, this is Pretty Girl, Pretty Lady. What's her name? Pretty Girl, Pretty Lady. Oh, right. oh she, she, okay. She, <laughs> I, thought you were just dis I thought you were just describing her right now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a self-describing <laughs> self name. It's, she's a pretty girl. She's a pretty lady. She had it. She had another name once. But I haven't okay. used it in like since I got her. When I got her, I named her Luna because I really liked that. Uh, I've watched it since then. This, that that anime Sailor Moon. When I was younger, I was just obsessed with it. And Luna is the cat in, in that. Right. Okay. And uh, yeah, I watched it as an adult. And I'm like, oh, oh, these are not great values for a child to uh, <laughs> pick up. Okay, um, scratch that. Uh, scratch. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I got her, and she's just the prettiest lady. So, nice. I think we have girl, one more. But... I, I was just 
expecting just one more guest, but then, you know, now we have even better guest, you know. Yeah, but you've got your dog in the fucking yeah, background the as well. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, Let's do a round of pets, Border Collie, right? <laughs> yes, he's a Border Collie. His name is Baurik Walbagger. So, okay. What's yeah, his, that's his name, but what's his like real name? What do you call Oh, him? like, well, it's a short, the short version is Bowie. Like a, Bowie. Bowie, like a, I, like I've David. been told it's like David Bowie, apparently. I didn't know who that guy is, but. Uh, oh, you got to watch Labyrinth. You thought the knife. Okay. You'll get it. Okay. I have no clue, but it, every time I take him on a walk or some old people, they they ask, oh, what is the name? And then David Bowie. And they're like, let's dance. I'm like, okay. I don't know what <laughs> let's dance is. Cool, I guess. But actually, he's not named after the music guy. He's named after a character in Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy. So, which is a bit oh, of everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is the. He's the, the, of, oh, yeah. he's the weird uh, immortal guy who doesn't die. He gets bored, so he uh -huh. decides to insult every being in the universe individually, mm -hmm. alphabetically. So <laughs> that that's his mission. So I think that's my dog. <laughs> I, I have a yeah. reject library. One day I'll turn it into something that does something. But I, I still have the GitHub repo. Just with the name Heart of Gold is Ooh. a really good. That's okay. gonna be one of these days something <laughs> something i don't know yeah, it's going to yeah. be a closure script library of some sort that doesn't do what it's gonna have the... everybody else's closure script libraries already do yeah because it's going to have the infinite improbability drive yeah anyway. exactly see okay let's not make this uh, hitchhiker guide to the galaxy podcast i think uh, i know i know ray has way more uh, software dog <laughs> software software related dog oh, software related. oh yeah well service yeah. related please yeah <laughs> yeah. It's uh, she, yeah, he's called Eula, <laughs> which is like an end user licensing yeah, agreement. Yeah. You know, we argued a lot about the name, but in the end, we just, you know, and the dog, but in the end, we just accepted it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's complicated. We don't know what's going on there. You know, there's a lot of small things. But, you know. you just scroll up and then say accept, move on, agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should have named it Cookie. <laughs> yeah, he keeps on getting updates, but you know. <laughs> what about you, Will? Uh, I personally do not own any pets. I, I managed to, I thought about it a lot. I thought I was going to get a dog at some point during the pandemic, but. Uh, oh, so um, good you didn't get a COVID is, puppy. Think about all the yeah. horrible COVID puppies that are. Hey, my, I mean, my other, dog is COVID puppy. We both got COVID now. puppies. Maybe. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, well, other people in my life got, got COVID puppies. So, like, I get to, you know, have the benefit uh, of, experience like, them. hanging out okay. with them and, like, playing with them. And then I get to, you know, it's, eventually they go away. It's different because, you know, we're never going to have to go back to the office, though. Like, at, there yeah. were, okay. Yeah, and, that's, and, true. that's true. Y'all remember before COVID, it was, like, not hard. Remote work was... Uh, but now it's just like nobody will ever make a pro yeah, framer. Yeah. Never pay for office space. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I already changed my job to fully remote. So after getting the dog. So mm -hmm. my life yeah. is basically being his assistant and his chauffeur, driving him around. <laughs> oh, you know. border collies are hard. I used to have a border collie. Border collies are, you got to entertain them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's fun. But Will, I was thinking, asking about pets, you're going to say, oh, my Neopet is still alive. You know, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I was expecting. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. They, I, I don't, yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do Neopets die? Like, uh, that would be pretty dark for a children's game. Well, Maybe they do. <laughs> philosophical. Well, let's look one. into it. Like, where's the server? Like, it, yeah, maybe. Like, <laughs> this pet can be rescued. 
<laughs> Gotta get a hacker in to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Mr. Roboto would do that to the animals in Sonic. No? Okay. That's cool. Anywho, so I think <laughs> we we, we had we had music segment, we had you know, martial arts segment. We had a little bit of closure somewhere nearby. And then we have pet segment. And then I think we should sneak back in a little bit into closure thing. Because uh-huh. you you said you're um, primarily front-end and you've been building front-end stuff in script And so what is your stack? So is it is it reframe or is it something that you built yourself or, you know? You wouldn't something. do that. No, come on. Something no one's going to do that. Y'all didn't even listen to the talk that he so kindly linked to us. Yes, I we. I to watched it. it. I, watched I, I was at the gym on the on on the treadmill listening to your talk. <laughs> just so you know, like that's yeah. <laughs> people were giving me looks like, wow, Look, that's your usually be a masochist. <laughs> Preparing for podcast talk wasn't is that not bad. Come on, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, VJ is just a master of of transitions and and you know leading questions. Like he's he's teeing me up. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not leading. I'm not leading weird questions. I have no fucking clue. I don't do any preparation, as you can see, for the podcast. It's zero. <laughs> so all the dumb fucking questions he asked I'm asking. Me who I was at the beginning of the podcast, and <laughs> who's this woman, and who's this bloke with the beard? You know, that's why. <laughs> well, I guess we cannot assume. We shouldn't assume our listeners have watched the talk. So I guess. Yeah. Yes. Will take it away, Will. With exactly, your- listeners and me. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, I've spent like the majority of my time, uh, you know, building UIs in ClojureScript using reagents and reframe. Um, you know, in the last year or a little over a year, um, I, I've started to adopt this library that I created called Helix, which is um, a much thinner library around React. Um, and, uh, you know, because React came out uh, around that time with this feature called React Hooks, um, which is like a very reagent-like uh, API for managing state. It's very similar to like uh, the API that reagent provides. And, uh, you know, you can build your components as functions and all that. So you don't have to mess with like classes and, you know, it's a little less object-oriented. And I was like, oh, well, I could use that and um, instead. And so, uh, yeah. Thus, Helix was born TLDR there, but yeah, and we started to. How, how is Helix different yeah, from Reagent? How is it different or, from Reagent or, or Reframe and other other sorts of approaches? Because we had we had a, a wave of um, React um, based, or not, or not React based. I mean, things that are built on top of React to make easier for closure script. Starting from OM, OM Next, RUM, yeah. I don't know, Quiescent or whatever. There, there's like many flavors came out and then finally reframe became the predominant thing that people are using these days reframe plus reagent and then now it's like sacrilegious to say no we're not using reframe anymore on the front end so, so how, how is it <laughs> yeah how sacrilegious. is it wow okay. <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to use yeah, the word i don't know what that means will, you know. <laughs> it's a how it's a really you. good question how dare you oh, insult yeah. tony I mean, <laughs> yes, I've I've fallen a, a long ways from my high RC days and my higher C days to, uh, you know, I'm now sacrilegious. I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, but no, uh, I think I think that um, you know when I was building UIs using Reagent and Reframe, um, there were some things that I found. 
frustrating. There were some uh, decisions that were sort of like made for me in there that I was like, what if I could try like other stuff? So, you know, Helix is really like, let's take out some of those features. It has less features than Reagent and Reframe. I think that that's important to communicate because um, Helix is really like, how can we provide the best interface to like stock React? Um, you know, those other libraries that you mentioned, like Ohm and Ohm Next and Quiescent and Fulcro, they provide a bunch of stuff that, uh, you know, out of the box for you to like, and, and, and generally like opinions on like, here's how you should structure your application. Here's how you should, you know, manage the concerns of like, you know, routing and, uh, you know, other kinds of state. Um, Helix doesn't have any of that. It's really just like, how can I bind to React in a way that feels like nice for closure script developers? And then, uh, you know, the idea is that then that leaves more room for experimentation and things like libraries to manage like mm -hmm. data fetching or, or navigation or other things like that. So, um, so you actually did the proper thing and made a library, not a framework. Uh, that, I mean, <laughs> in a way, like, I mean, React itself is like its own like framework. Like React has a lot of uh, mm -hmm. stuff that it wants to manage for you. And if you want to manage it outside of React, mm -hmm. there's like trade-offs to that. Mm -hmm. And so that was the reason that like, you know, with Reagent, uh, you know, managing all of your state in like an atom that lives outside of the component tree uh, was a decision that was made for me by Reagent. And, it made, and mm -hmm. I was like, uh, you know, well, what if I want to use like local component state truly like, you know, the, the react feature of that, um, it was really difficult in reagent. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think that, the um, I, I was trying to like react already has a lot of ideas, uh, that are in its core that are core to closure. And so I was like, well, what if I just ran with that rather than, uh, you know, trying to build something on top of it. So, so is there a way to, to, to mix Helix and Reagent? Like if you just, let's just say you happen to have a couple of big old production apps that are Reagent and Reframe and you wanted to like, like, like just like dip your toe in, like, mm, what's up with this Helix stuff? Because it's, uh, as someone who's kind of made a career out of Reagent and Reframe now, I'm, I'm now, it's like, um, <laughs> expanding I, the portfolio. I, 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 do you start to see the cracks, I guess. And Why but also regret? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then it's like reagent oh, well, reframe cool. regret. First Ooh, you see yeah. through the reframe thing, and you're like, wait, reframe is just reagent with state manage. It's just like predefined state management for reagent. Why am I not just using reagent? And then use reagent, you're like, why am I not just using React? Oh, wait. That's why. <laughs> uh so is that, I guess, like it I Back to the question, um, like, is there a way to like dip dip your toe in and see see what's up with Helix, but not just like you know make the decision, just like flip your application upside down. Just create a new branch, yeah. remove reframe and reagent, and then add Helix <laughs> as, the, as the dependency, and then get started. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's definitely a way that. Um, so that's that's the reality that we are in at Imperity right now. Is that you know we have this very large, you know, it's like, uh, tens of thousands of lines of code. Uh, you know, one one of the largest reframe applications that I've worked on. Um, How long is the event space? 
Um, I mean, luckily we split those out long ago, but yeah, there's a lot of events, a lot of subscriptions, a lot of, you know, uh, code that we've written, you know, using those tools. And so, um, you know, when we started to adopt Helix, we didn't want to have to go like rewrite everything from scratch. So, um, you know, reagent actually is like very, you can kind of separate reagent into like, it's almost two different libraries. Um, one is the binding to react. And so it's like, you know, taking like the hiccup data structures that you write, um, the vectors and maps and keywords and stuff and, and converting those into react components, um, or react elements and then rendering them. And then there's this other part of the application. That's like all of the like reactive atom stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the way that we management. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, okay, nobody and can so, see my air quotes. I air quoted <laughs> the state management because just in relation to your talk, what about state management? And you're like, ah, I'm tired. Of yeah. That. What even is state management? What What is that? I would ask. I think what the fuck is state question? management to be, you know, <laughs> just to be, to quote you properly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think you cleaned it up, but, you know, I'll let it get done and dirty again, you know? <laughs> we'll translate the statements more palatable to deaf an audience now because exactly. they, they don't understand the normal okay. dialect. <laughs> You're right. I gotta I gotta shake loose a bit. I gotta, you know, like I can <laughs> this is a safe space. I can say what I what I feel. Um no, no, nobody uh, listens to this crap, yes. man, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like what the fuck is state management? Um, exactly. And and we can get into that, but I want to answer your question first about Please. like, you know, can you use um reagent and helix? And the answer is yes. Uh, uh, absolutely yes. You know, you can um reagent is actually like very permissible in that like if you just sort of plop a React element inside of your hiccup, it just works. So like if you render uh, a reframe or a uh, reframe, a helix component in the middle of your hiccup, then it'll just work. Um, and then likewise, you know, at, I haven't gotten around to like open sourcing this yet, but um, you know, you can write a pretty small uh, uh, sort of like translation layer between the reactive atoms that reagent has and mm -hmm. uh, uh, to react hooks. So like, you know, at work we have a like, you know, use reaction hook that oh. uh, you can just pass it like any uh, Radom or reframe subscription or anything. And it'll just, you know, re-render your, your Helix component based on like any state changes there. Oh, so that's the answer. Cause I've been trying to figure out how to, how to get in. I've been procrastinating getting in on that, like react hooks. I've been procrastinating. I'm like, oh, I guess this is really a really a thing i gotta learn now okay so helix is the is the can be can be a key to that is what i'm hearing yeah that was kind of the original goal with helix was um you know i wanted to experiment with react hooks and see what it was like to create a uh, a binding to react that allowed me to just use react hooks for state management mm -hmm. and so helix was sort of that um I, I will say that you know we did uh to talk a little bit more little bit more about the experience of uh you know mixing reframe reagent and helix we did at first try and be like okay we're only going to use hooks for state management we're not going to use we're going to like you know totally disregard reframe and reagent totally and and we found that that was actually like not the best way to to go about it it became like 
you know, this, the stock, there, there's a reason that uh, reframe and, you know, other solutions similar to it exist, which is, uh, you know, managing things like data fetching and, mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that, um, you know, with, with data that sort of exists outside of the life cycle of a component, mm-hmm. it becomes really difficult to manage that just in local component state. And so having a way of managing those outside of the component tree is mm-hmm. important. Um, and so we still use reframe for things like data fetching and navigation and, and other stuff like that in our application today. Um, but m- we find that a lot of sort of like the core work of like, building uh you know user interfaces that like when you click the button something happens you know that can be done mostly with uh helix and local component state so for for people like me explain like i'm the dumb fucking idiot sort of thing oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is what is this uh, react hook that you're talking about yeah i think um you know if people are familiar with reagent um then uh you know reagent allows you to create like atoms in at sort of like construction so you you know there's like the form two components is kind of the uh the term that they use and and so you can create like local atoms that then um will re-render your component every time they change within the body of your component um wherever they're dereferenced and and react hooks is like a very mechanically similar API for doing that. So instead of like before the React hooks feature came out, if you wanted to manage some state inside of your components, you had to use a class. So you had to construct a a class that extended the react.component class. And then you would call like this.setState and, you know, a method inside of your event handlers and all that. And um, it was very clunky. It was hard to like compose behaviors so if you had you know components that all like you know um had some like uh i don't know some some behavior that uh, that had like both state and side effects and everything it was like hard to like pull that out of the component and share that across components Mm -hmm. code wise um and so react hooks is something that like you can just write your component as a function that returns uh react elements and then inside of the body of the component, you can call another function called like use state, which will then return you, uh, you know, a tuple of like the current state and a function to change that state. And uh, and it's stable over re-renders. So you don't have to like, um, you know, set stuff up in like the constructor of a class. You just call this function inside of the body of your component and then use the values that it returns to read the state and set the state Okay, so this is how did the name Helix come from? What's up with the name? Is it is something like a uh, what is it again? The manifesto <laughs> level stuff or <laughs> some <laughs> punk rock thing? Because the only Helix thing that I know is that you know the the some of the people who wanted to understand DNA thing they were sleeping and then they dreamt about this structure. The the scientists. So did you dream about this helical uh, structure in the code somewhere? No, no, it actually, so Helix actually um, started like the, the sort of uh, the, the fundamental parts, like the bits and pieces that are, are, are there today grew out of another library that I had written called Ajax. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
HX was a library for parsing hiccup into React elements. And so mm-hmm. like that name was sort of like, I, I, I don't know, like uh, hiccup transformation. I was going for something there, like HX, just, I don't know. The, yeah. the letter X is cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay, nice. follow up question. Tell me about the name Lilac Town. <laughs> Lilac Town, um, <laughs> it is an anagram of my name. So Will Acton oh. is, is oh. you know, if you oh, shuffle the letters real. around. Okay, you shut the fuck up, Lilac Town. you clever cat, you. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no W in it. It is ah. town. Yeah, there is. Oh, what? damn. What? That is oh, yeah. town. Fuck. How do you spell yeah. town? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, my and, God. And he's the cut. English guy in this let's, podcast. Uh, let's, oh, about, uh, if you're listening, cut this out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep that in. Oh, People fuck. need to know that so, Ray's English is before W was introduced uh, into English language. I don't know. His English is from, I don't know, Germanic nomadic sort of days. I'm pre-WWW, you know, I didn't know. <laughs> Not not everyone is good at like visualizing, you know, the way that words are spelled, stuff like that. Um, so, <laughs> Thank you, Will. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love it. He's just ensuring there's no way to cut this out. Like the logic, no way to like uh, have this make sense. We, we don't cut anything Fuck. out. Okay. So wait, what about the octopus though? The octopus. I don't know. I just you like have, you have like a little like mirror guy like next to you. I thought it was related. I'm not like, what is this cult? Can I join? I really like purple. Is lavender? Can I do like lavender city? Like, like lavender road or something? Sure. Lavender lane. Yeah. Really like town lavender lane. <laughs> nice. So, um, so you said there are. Obviously, Helix is open source thing, right? Um, people can use it, and then they, they, they need to just uh, remove, reframe, and reagent, and then replace everything with Helix. That's what you said. Um, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly much. what I said. Yes. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't paraphrase anything, man. You know, I'm here to just deliver the <laughs> deliver the guests. Uh, you know. Uh, but yeah. So there is a certain sense of pluggability, so you can easily introduce uh, Helix. Um, so this part is completely open source, and you said there are a couple of things that are you're still working on. And what is the plan? Like, do you do you want to? Is it is it like what, some of those closure libraries where they're finished? You know, well, well they're complete, not finished. You know, <laughs> they're complete. Um, is Helix is a complete um, library that you can use to build things, or there are more things that are coming from Lilac Town? And HX is complete. Same question. HX. Yeah. I know the answer, but. I read your blog. Go on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think uh, you know I'm kind of done working on HX. Um, I uh, yeah, I just don't have a lot of interest in it. There's still some people that use it, um, and I've been someone a while ago talked to me about like taking it over, um, and I I didn't respond, uh, and I feel bad about that still because. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm I'm like in and out of like, sometimes I'm just like, I can't even look at a computer after I'm done with work. So yes. I just, uh, you know, <laughs> um, so I, I apologize for people that reach out to me on uh, like closure and Slack. I do appreciate the messages. And, and I would, I do think that the people that are still using that library, um, you know, they should be able to like uh, fix some of the bugs that are in there and stuff like that. But it's not something that I use every day. So it's uh, a little bit harder for me to like, find all of those rough edges and spend the time fixing them. Um, but with Helix, 
there's definitely uh, still some things that I want to do before I call it done. Um, there's just some like, there's some decisions that I made early on about like, like little, little decisions, little details of the library that I'm like, I wish I could fix that. Um, like the way that it converts, like the props that you write, uh, that you're passing into your component, uh, the way that it rewrites those from like, uh, it tries to be smart, which is always like a dumb thing to do, right? Like it tries to detect, like, <laughs> when should it like, you know, convert your props from kebab case to camel case and like, you know, some other stuff like that, that it just turns out like, isn't true in all scenarios. And is like frustrating to try and like work around when it's trying to be smart for you and it's actually being really dumb. And so I'd like to kind of like rip that part out and provide it as like its own macro or function that you can adopt when you know you need it. Um, and then some like some other like kind of rearranging. The big thing that I think that Helix provides other than just a uh, like, you know, an API for React is also uh, the, the sort of more experimental features that I've been working on are like doing static analysis for your components. Um, so detecting like, we, we've been talking about React hooks. There are all these like rules about how you can use hooks. Like you can't use them inside of conditionals or loops. And that's like uh, something that uh, React, you know, has like extensive documentation for. And in the JavaScript community, there are like linters and things that will check that for you. Um, and so recently I shipped a version of Helix that will check that at compile time to ensure that you're not calling a hook inside of a, a loop or conditional or, or other things that would break those rules and cause like bugs or things to fail in production. And, and I think that uh, I kind of want to keep like leaning into that where, you know, less runtime stuff, less like trying to build like, you know, state management features or other things inside of Helix, but rather like how can we make the developer experience for someone who's building user interfaces like really, really good and provide a base for those other solutions to be pulled in as libraries? Nice. Mm. So is there a um, way for people to contribute to this vision that you have right now? Is it something that people can go to GitHub and then poke you when you're yeah. off the computer, you know, call you and send you snail mail and, you know, Oh, feature toggle. <laughs> Looking forward to that feature toggle. Is that is that in there? And yet? Uh, well, it was actually, you know, that that feature of like, you know, analyzing your component and telling you when you're breaking the rules. Um, yep. That was behind a, a feature flag for like, I don't know, eight months or something like that. And I recently, the, the most recent version um, has it turned on by default. So, okay. um, yep. you know, if, if, if people are using it and they're getting errors when they think they shouldn't, please open up bug report, but, um, you know, I've been, PR. I've been using it for a while. Yeah. Uh, or a PR. Uh, yeah. Uh, nothing worse than getting a bug report without a PR. Um, <laughs> Stop complaining. I, mean, I have to do the work. <laughs> no, it's actually really funny. Um, so Dominic was on, uh, the podcast, like, uh, yes. I don't know, maybe last episode or like a few episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about how, you know, he tries to get other people to do like the work of like fixing bugs and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. I was like, that's what he's trying to do. That's why he keeps reporting these bugs. And then I'm like, great. I see that you already know what's wrong and how to fix it. Open a PR for me, please. And he's like, oh, yeah, maybe I will. Like, maybe. Um, Sust. <laughs> no, um, 
Yeah, he he's been. Uh, he actually found a bug in uh, the like hooks rule detection recently when you're trying to use hooks inside of JavaScript values, and uh, uh, he did he did open a pull request. So thank you, Dominic, if you're listening. But um, but still, I, I, I feel like we're in like a, a stalemate because I'm like, ah, I really like, I, I, I want to get as much work out of, you know, people who are using my library as possible. And he's like, <laughs> ah, I want to, you know, get as get much work out of everything. Will at least here as possible. And uh, we're <laughs> you, know, you were battling. No, no. Uh, he just has contributed a few times to, to oh, Helix. Okay. I thought, I thought um, you said you worked with him and I was. I'm. I'm pretty sure I'll I'll remind him to listen to the episode so he knows, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> we, we know his his tricks now. So <laughs> I I think people need to subscribe to your um, you know, GitHub issues to see the back and forth between you and him. Like, yeah, no, you fix it. No, you fix it. Yeah, it's your library, you fix it. A lot a lot of it happens in the Helix uh in the Helix uh closure ins channel. Oh, nice. uh, it's it's yeah, he'll he'll come in and he'll write this super detailed analysis of like, here's like what's what's not working. And then he like dives into the the Helix source code and he's like, ah, I think this is the part that's like, you know, not working correctly. And here's I think how we could fix it. And I'm like, Dominic, that's that's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much for all that. Like, will you open a PR for me? And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like giving you the actually, line numbers and column numbers and then, you know what needs to be placed. And I'm gonna type I, all the things that you're supposed to do. I can't even hate because I've, no, totally, I've totally done that I'm just, before. Where I'm just throwing shade at him. I mean, th- there is like work that it's involved in, like you know, creating like a you know actual like production ready pull request and yeah, yeah, you know right. ensuring that it passes all of my you know, style, you know, stylistic things. So, um, you know, just his, his, his diagnosis alone is, is, uh, worth a lot to me. So I appreciate it. You can enforce rules. You can be very, uh, <laughs> Oh, what, what's that? CLJS style. What are the ones? Okay. There's CLJ condo, which is so polite and so nice. It's like, Hey, by the way, this isn't <laughs> great style, but no big deal. It's all right. And then some people are like, well, why doesn't CL Django fix it? I don't want it fixing it. Maybe I want it to be bad code. What do you know about me? Like, I want, I know the do is needless. Say less. Like, I get it. But, um, we like scumbag coding, you know? Shut up. Yeah. But that's um, uh, an open source project I was involved in for just a, like a, like a glimmer in time was the Athens, um, Athens yeah, so project. Yes, the Rome research thing, right? Yes. But open source Rome research. Thingy. Yes. Yep. 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 That's the note. The note taking. Yeah. Uh, toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. Community. Um, and Jeff Tang had all sorts. Like I will say, if anybody needs just a CLGS repo with just like the kitchen sink, I mean, we got everything set up. Like he's got he got everything. It's, it uses a like data script, dev card, CLGS style. Uh, like just like all the bells and whistles to like try and i don't want to say control but like all the bells and whistles of a cljs app they nice. got it okay i kind of I think something uh, some, mm, go on that i think that that can serve as an example like you know op, like the how to use some library you just go to athens research and then just see the code there it's, <laughs> like it, it's will, it will serve as a, like a nice documentation for everything i don't know if you know there is a um there is a programming system called oz oz it's a, probably some sort of like a research thingy they they have every possible paradigm built into the language, like everything. 
if from from structure uh, the, the imperative shit to structural things to object orientedness to functional thing and then message passing like every fucking thing into one language i'm like okay this is the only language that i need to learn well, isn't, <laughs> that, isn't that the mission of scala as well so. <laughs> no scala yeah. is halfway halfway there <laughs> I should know some more about Scala because people tell me like, oh, functional, like other, it's so weird talking to other devs that aren't like so deep in this, 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 this area. Cause they're like, you're like, oh, like functional programming. Like, oh yeah, I've done Scala. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no way. That's not, that's not functional programming. I just kind of nod as well. Cause I don't know enough to, about it to like, like fight about it <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, that's a lot of things uh, i talk way too much for someone who does not know enough <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's yeah. get back to will come on yeah so yeah he's still here. i'm thinking um if you zoom out a little bit now because if you spent enough time in, in closure closure script you know building library interacting with the community um Apparently, you spoke on YouTube thingy that I don't know about, but uh, you know, I'm sure mm, no, it's way. also. <laughs> um, but the, I'm I'm curious about your your view on closure in general, closure and closure script, because you you also you know uh, work with OCaml a little bit to ReasonML. Um, so there are like typing things there, and then you come to closure. JavaScript is like a wild west sort of shit for typing. Um, how do you see the Closure ecosystem and closure community. What do you like and what you kind of put up with? Mm -hmm. ah, well, reagent yeah. is what I used to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I still do. I still write reagent code, you know, every day, um, and uh, probably will for the foreseeable future. Um, and uh, I, I think that. Closure and closure scripts. Um, it's been very interesting because I I think that uh, talking less about like sort of the programming paradigm and more about like you know what do I see other people using it for? What do I what do I see like out in the you know rest of the industry? I mean, there's lots of companies that are uh, being built in closure and closure script right now that you know have been building uh, in closure and closure scripts, kind of like almost stealth. Uh, you know, for years now. And um, so I think that, you know, from a professional standpoint, like, it seems like there's a big market for for people who are um, experienced in closure, and closure scripts, and, you know, can kind of carve out a niche there. Um, I think that, you know, when it comes to um, building products in closure and closure scripts, there's, you know, the, I think that the things that, uh, are really, I miss every time I go and try out another language are things like Eden, like having a like transport, like, uh, cause like Eden is like what we write code in, in closure, mm -hmm. but it's also like a wire transport, like a, a wire, uh, a way of communicating about data between like different services or between the front end and back end. And, and that's like super powerful that like the only other really mainstream language that we have that going on in is JavaScript. And, you know, JSON is not a very rich language for doing that kind of stuff. Eden has like a ton of benefits over JSON. Mm -hmm. um, and so, 
you know, that's the thing that I think, uh, I, I re- that's one thing that I really miss, you know, trying to use other languages to build products. And then, um, but there's still like, one, one of the things that I think is tricky in Clojure is there's all these best practices that have been developed in other languages that we often bring into Clojure um, that, you know, those best practices were developed within the context of like uh, C++ or Java or, yeah. uh, you know, or, or TypeScript or, or whatever, you know, they, they, uh, so like they, they are, they have like mechanical sympathies with like a type system or like other ways of like structuring code that are specific to that language. And when you bring them into a dynamic language, like closure, they tend to fall apart at scale in my experience. Like, yeah. um, like, like, honestly, I don't know if react wasn't such a, a behemoth of like, uh, just like you know, mindshare and like the millions of dollars of like R and D and development that has gone into, uh, you know, making it as hardened as it is for, uh, mm. like it, it basically serves as a universal runtime for user interfaces, but, yeah. you know, react also like grew up in this context of Facebook building user interfaces that they use a type system, they use flow or, mm-hmm. or, you know, a lot of people in the industry are adopting TypeScripts now because like the way that you write components and, uh, you know, construct elements out of them, it, there's a lot of mechanical sympathy between, you know, the way that you write the code and having a type system to check that you're passing in all of these props and stuff to them correctly. And so, um, you know, there's, uh, what am I rambling about? What I'm saying is that, like, I think that there's a lot of room for experimentation and closure and closure scripts there. And I think that the more uh, the more companies that are actually like investing dollars into the development of closure and closure scripts, uh, there are the more that we're going to see those that kind of innovation come out of like what what's a solution that really works well in a dynamic language like closure is so- something that I'm interested to see. Let me ask you as far as um, what are your views on like spec, Molly, all of the, you know, spec, I'll just say spec like things that are, you know, kind of, there's this argument of it can be better than a type system if you just, you know, use it the right way. Um, What are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have a, you know, one of those that you subscribe to, um, you know, having worked with typed systems as much as, you know, um, I think that um, we we use spec a lot. I've used spec a lot um, more for like defining, like it it more for de- defining like the domain that we're working in. So like you know when we have a new like domain entity, the first thing that we do is we write specs for like the attributes that they have and like the shape that it has. Um, and I find that very useful, um, mainly from a documentation standpoint of being able to go and look at like, you know, entity.core and see like, okay, here's all the attributes that may or may not show up inside of this entity. Um, But when it comes to sort of like, uh, you know, validation of more stuff that like, I'm, I I kind of think about it as like, there's sort of two two hats that you might be wearing uh, when you're working within a product. One is the, um, like 
the sort of product engineer, which is like, I'm going in and I'm trying to build a part of the system that does something. So I'm trying to, um, you know, make a button that when you click it, it like, you know, adds a thing to your cart or, or, uh, you know, kicks off some backend process or whatever. And it's, it's using these uh, domain entities to like, you know, do, do all of that, but you're not really in the business of defining those. And, uh, and so I find that spec is not super useful in that, in that, when I'm wearing that hat, because like, if my user interface is in charge of running those specs and using it to validate these entities that I'm either constructing or consuming, um, a lot of times when I'm doing UI development, you know, those are hot paths that like, you know, if a spec validation takes like 20 milliseconds to, you know, validate this like deep data structure that I'm uh, generating or, or consuming, then I just blew my like frame uh, allotment, right? Mm. Uh, it's a very tight, like you essentially have like about 16 milliseconds before you, you start to see the user interface uh, degrade in performance. And so I really want to be intentional about like uh, how I use that. And so doing a bunch of spec validation inside of the user interface, like, you know, when th things are being passed into components or, or whatnot is not in my experience, something that is like good for the user's experience. Well, um, you can do, you can do what I call the poor man spec, and I just have been I just write the fuck out of doc strings. I know it doesn't count <laughs> as any sort of real <laughs> catchy, but I mean, hey, all it takes is this thing takes this and outputs this, and I hope you're using your REPL. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing <laughs> yeah. is that spe spe specs. Specs can well if you do it right, you can have instrumentation for your specs uh, that is turned on when you want it turned on, and turned off when you don't want it turned on. You know, mm. you can have instrument, yeah. instrument, the new word, <laughs> instrument. You know, See, musical like, instrument. So keep your spec on when you're in development, and but then uh, not on production. Is that what? That's what yeah, it's meant for. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think it's. I mean. Well, maybe Will has to have a well last word on this, but you know, it's it's a lot of work for for uh, for you know for relatively small gains, I think. And it and you 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 have I like these libraries where the specs are inside of the defens mm -hmm. rather than sort of you know like if f defs and they're all it, it's sort of like that becomes tedious and annoying mm -hmm. to write all these externalized things. So I like Orchestra, for example. That's a good library where you get these things inside of your um, inside of your defens, and then you can yeah you can turn instrumentation on and off as you wish per namespace or whatever. So that's pretty good. Um, sorry, Will. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say like the times that I've uh, you know played with stuff like that, um, you know I've ran I've still ran into like you know, oh man, I, I just passed in this like really deep data structure that like has all these specs in it. Like, you know, it, it's not impacting the user experience, but now it's impacting the developer experience and that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it has to, um, it's, or it's still impacting the developer experience where now I'm having to like sit there and wait for like a second or two while it checks my spec to make sure that, you know, the data <laughs> is valid. Um, oh, God. and so oh, I yeah. think that, 
you know, <laughs> using spec at like the edges of, of your system, you know, like when, when you're sending data or when you receive it on the back end, for instance, and then mm -hmm. before you send it to the front end, um, mm -hmm. those work really well. And I, I haven't used Mali, but I imagine that, you know, same thing there. Um, but like specking components is something that I've played with a bit. I've experimented with it and, uh, it's been really difficult. So that's kind of where I was talking about, like with the two hats, like one is sort of like the product uh. engineer where like I'm building, you know, user interface or parts of the system that's like going to do work. Um, and I find spec less useful for that. And then, but then there's like the more, um, I guess, architect hat that I might put on where I'm like, okay, what's my domain entities? How do I, how do I provide documentation and validation and parsing for these that people can use like sort of at the edges of their programs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's where I think that like spec and Mali and, and other libraries like, like that really shine. So to, I think um, I got to ask you about your um, closure script and a lot of all these things. Now, are you keeping an eye on Dart, Flutter way of building front end? And, and what do you think about it? Because I know Christoph Gron and then Baj I think Baptist, somebody, they, they're building like a Dart integration with closure script, something like that. Uh, it's only a couple of tweets. I vaguely remember what they were doing. I didn't dig deeper into that one. Um, so what's your view on like, Flutter and then Dart as a language and how how that is going to change the way that you're building the UI because the declarative UI seems to be a big deal. If you see Swift UI, you know, all these things are picking up that, that direction. Yeah, I, I haven't experimented with Dart yet or Flutter. Um, I think that they're really interesting. A lot of it is just like, you know, um, I, I think that the, the, the closure Dart project is exciting to me because it means that I'll be able to like probably have it uh it'll be an easier jumping off point into like experimenting yeah. with that than like okay uh, I gotta install like all these IDEs and like uh, you know understand like dart the syntax and like you know my, my brain is too full of other things right now to like you know think about that stuff so um uh, it, but I think that it's really there's still a part of me that um is suspicious of whether Google will continue to fund Dart and Flutter, <laughs> right? Like there's yeah, a whole yeah. like, you know, killed by Google. Like yeah, I, yeah, I think Google. that that's really oh, yeah. what it's about. Symmetry. Yeah. Is that, their thing. Um, you know, I, like targeting I like native, like truly like the native APIs of iOS and Android, it's a moving target. It's And that can be really frustrating, but you know that like, unless people stop using iPhones, this is still yeah. going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, a reasonable way of writing my application. Um, yeah. Same thing with the web, right? Like mm -hmm. web browsers are not going it away. There's so much like Except value captured in the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, you know, there's always going to be like Another, for yeah. the foreseeable future, uh, <laughs> building user interfaces for web browsers is going to be a great way of like providing, you know, an experience for people mm -hmm. that they can use. Yeah. Um, with Flutter, I'm, I'm still just a little nervous that, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not this year, maybe it's not next year, but like three years, five years down the road, you know, there might be like a reorg in Google and then suddenly like it's without <laughs> funding and, you know, yeah. then, uh, and, and the way that they're, the way that they're doing it is, 
um, you know, for, for listeners that aren't familiar with it, like Flutter is like a complete re-implementation of the platform's yep. uh, like, you know, UI constructs. So yes. instead of like binding to like, uh, you know, the new Cocoa Cocoa or Swift UI yes. or something yeah. like that, um, yeah. you know, they're, they're drawing all of the stuff on a, on a canvas and it's, and they're trying to get to do their best to get like this, the same uh, UI and, and behavior. It's like the um, AWT in Java again, you know, like back to yeah. level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's like just incredibly labor intensive and yeah. it's based on like, uh, you know, is there going to continue to be funding for that to ensure that they, you know, s- keep parity with, uh, you know, the way that the platforms and behave and look. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... So that's my like sort of, you know, uh, criti- po- pointing a critical eye at Dart and Flutter, but I also think that uh, you know, targeting it is uh, with a, a closure, um, you know, dialect is also like a really great plan because it very well could be that you know this provides like a way of getting native performance on like mm-hmm. devices other than like servers and desktops. Um, yeah. So that that sounds really cool. So, so what camp do you land in? SPA, SPA. I know we like. I know we. Li- I know you like SKA. No. Okay. Okay. I know you like. Uh, so single page attribution. <laughs> <laughs> that that page. is a bit of a yeah. Sorry. Oh uh, no. Okay. 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 Refocus. Refocus. Um, <laughs> single page application or native app? If you know your your perfect word. What do you? What do you? Pros, cons, likes, thoughts. Yeah, this is why I'm like a terrible thought leader is because like <laughs> I'm always, always going to come in with a, and it depends and I'm going to add more ambiguity to uh-huh. the situation rather than be like, this is the way. Because um, oh, I, I, I do way. think, I... <laughs> I, I do think that it, it, it's going to depend um, mm-hmm. on like, you know, what, what you're trying to do what your funding is, um, mm. you know, all that stuff. But I do really like uh, native applications. I like the way that they behave, like, especially if I'm interacting with it on a smartphone. Um, uh, and, and also, uh, yeah, there's just like, you know, offline support and other things that, you know, even if you're using it on a desktop, like those are things that are really hard to build mm-hmm. on into a web application. There are people that do that, and uh, but it's a ton of labor, and it's uh, easier to do that with a, a desktop application, in my experience. Um, but you know, the reach of web applications is just like you know hard to beat, and mm-hmm. so you know when you're uh, when you're looking at it, it, it really is more tied to like how are people paying for this, right? Mm-hmm. If you're paying oh, for yeah. a service that you know, you're, uh, you know, you pay month monthly to like access some service, then like mm-hmm. uh, a web application is probably going to make more sense for me, the user and for the business to use. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's something that I buy as like a one time, like transaction, and then I have this application for like, you know, until my computer dies or whatever, um, then uh, I think that, you know, a native application, is, it like makes more sense from a, a funding perspective. So that's my my very medium take. Diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So uh, I think we are almost reaching ninety minutes. Um, before we 
before we continue to um, punk rock again, our punk reggae rock um, thing. You got it. See, Scott, you got it. See, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I just need to know the, know the terms and then, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, now I can say, oh, I know punk rock thing. I think it's uh, one of those, uh, what is it again? Manifesto stuff. And then <laughs> everybody thinks I'm, I'm hip fall, now. No, you could fall into some weird corners of punk, though, if you start talking about manifestos. Like. <laughs> yeah. mm. I, have, I have no clue. <laughs> But any 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 um, I know uh, things that we missed, Will, from from your experience, or you know, did did we uh, did we touch up all 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 the topics, or we have to do a, um, episode two with you again? <laughs> Obviously, um, we have. I mean, to. I'd always be, <laughs> I'd always be happy to to come on and uh, you know talk about. I'll definitely pick a different shirt next time, <laughs> um, preferably one. No, without, you can't. Uh, you can't anymore or, because or, you know. <laughs> Don't be greedy, VJ. You can't have episode two. Let give some to Lost and Lambdas, okay? I got a little. I got a baby podcast, okay? Yeah, baby he doesn't podcast. like to cross for more. Come on, let yeah. yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me get Lilac Town. Jeez, selfish. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we are like um, we are cross posting uh, this. Come on, you know? exactly. <laughs> we are like Disney Plus Empire now, you know. <laughs> in, in the closure podcast world like <laughs> Defen is like Disney plus level so we acquired every possible you know <laughs> guest possible every possible media thing anyway. it's so hard oh it's so hard getting guests trying to not overlap y'all yeah mm-hmm. because it's it's a, it's a smaller group but but I think it's 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 good that they talk to different people right because mm-hmm. if they're talking if they're coming on Defen it's mostly uh, you know me and Ray bullshitting so you know obviously if they go to the that's other podcast that's what I well I bullshit I'm a bullshitter I know <laughs> yeah. we can't have no, the same no, no, no. No. you can't you can't steal our thunder <laughs> I'll just add we, some pink and purple and like just like it's we, called rebrand it's called rebranding. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, questions for Will though. Varieties of bullshit can, you know, be coexist. It's okay. <laughs> I stole your question, Will. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um I I, I don't know. I think uh like I think we we basically covered it. Nice. But you, you should, I mean, obviously you need to go and then, uh, you know, um, get into the um, uh, podcast on, uh, what's the what's the new name again? Instead of Lila- Lilac Town, it was um, Purple Lane something. Oh, <laughs> You're going to come up with a new name now. <laughs> Your Lilac Town will be I, Lavender Lane. Yeah, Sounds Lavender Lane. Like Sorry. A- Sounds like a name that yeah yeah. <laughs> Let's maybe I won't go with Lavender Lane. <laughs> maybe, maybe not a good idea. It sounds like a dodgy street in Amsterdam, but um, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, obviously, you know, people need to listen to uh, listen to Jordan as well, and uh, it was super super fun to have you on the on the show. Will um, lovely to talk to you, and uh, finally, I know about punk and rock and reggae and everything now. And, and, um, and React Hooks. Oh, yeah, hooks. a little bit, I guess. React yeah, hooks, React Hooks. The new hotness, React I'm, Hooks. I am hooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. We're going to... edit that out. I can't. If, <laughs> if, <laughs> if there is one thing <sighs> that the listeners should take away from this is that uh, Will is a uh, brand ambassador for this uh, street light <laughs> manifesto. Um so that's that's one thing that you guys need to remember. Oh, no. Andy, also, okay. 
Black also, belt BJJ. I think that's yeah, another very BJJ. relevant detail. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And also and check Helix. out the, this 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 small <laughs> thing in closure script that he's doing called Helix and uh, and try to send him PRs so he'll be happy. <laughs> but only PRs on <laughs> only Ajax. PRs. Yes. <laughs> actually, this is a small thing, though. Actually, uh, Will, is it? Do you do the GitHub sponsors thing? Is that something that you're looking for? GitHub sponsors, or um, you know, I've I've thought about it, um, and. Uh, I, I've thought about like looking for funding for some of my open source projects before, and I just wasn't. Uh, I, I haven't been in a spot where I felt good about like taking people's money, uh, and you know, not not that anyone would necessarily increase their up like expectations of me, but I would feel obligated to like do maybe more than I have. And it's very stressful. I just, it's very stressful. Yeah, I, I just haven't wanted that stress yet, but I am. I am still thinking about that. I probably will at some point. Um, uh, you know, if, uh, if I don't, you know, if I don't get fired for, uh, doing this podcast, then, uh, 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 well, you can blame lost in lambdas for that one. <laughs> We've never had anyone fired before. So <laughs> no, but and, if you, if you decide to go that, pull a trigger on that, yeah, you should, uh, talk to Jordan, you know, I'll get, Hey, we can hire you at my company. Actually, we'll just steal. It was all a ploy. It was uh -oh. all a ploy to steal you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is the reason the question like can I introduce Helix teeny tiny bit you know and then we get Will <laughs> to the company. Actually that was that low key that was a question from my CTO as a matter of fact cuz I, I go to my coworkers before I talk to somebody like hey any burning questions anybody want to know anything and that as a matter of fact that was his question Nice yeah Hey Rob All right. Yeah I, I I've gotten that question enough times at this point that you know, at some point I will like sit down and put pen to paper and actually write like a blog post or something about like, mm. you know, this is, this is kind of like mechanically how to do it. And also like, this has been our experience. Um, I think that that would be really valuable for me to do to sort of collect my thoughts on it. And also for, uh, you know, the rest of the community. Cause yeah, like people, uh, people are starting at different places. You know, some people are doing greenfield stuff and they look around and they're like, Oh, we'll take Helix. Other people have long standing. I, I think that that's the other thing that uh, is interesting to me, like looking at the closure and closure script community is that a lot of the applications that are being built are applications that have been around for a number of years and are expected to exist for many, many years to come. And I think that that like drives us towards like different solutions than like, uh, you know, um, like Ruby on Rails and like, you know, in Elixir, there's like the Phoenix framework. And like those are very useful for like, you know, consultants that are like spinning up a new application. Or I think like, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, was it Dominic that was talking about yeah, like yeah, just yeah, edge yeah, yeah. Yes. and stuff? Yep. Yeah. So that's like a very, that's a very, um, that's, those are solutions to problems that like I just don't have right now because mm -hmm. I work on an application that has existed for four years already and mm -hmm. is going to exist for, you know, hopefully a lot longer than that. And, uh, and so, you know, having resources for, you know, okay, I need to spin up a project from scratch. How do I do that is very useful. Having like documentation and blog posts and guides and stuff like that for like, how do I migrate an application that I maybe started like five years ago to like the latest stuff is also something that I think would be great to see in the closure community. I'd like to pitch yeah. in when I can. I think the thing, nice. the thing for me though, about what you've done, I mean, I think what you've done is pretty special. In fact, well, is this like 
being brave enough to kind of like take on um, existing thoughts and existing sort of thought leadership, if you like, in the closure script space and say, you know what, actually, these these React people, they haven't done a bad job. You know, in they've built things up over the past couple of years. They've put a lot of money into it, like you say. Let's see if we can just make more use of the of the raw materials. And I, and I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've people have been wanting to pull the trigger on that for a while. I think, and I think this hooks thing is definitely been a been a, a reason to do it. So you know, I, I think it's really great what you've done, and uh, I imagine that a lot of people are quite excited about Helix. And um, it's always great to talk to people who've kind of like. I think closure to some extent is a little bit of a kind of like that. It's a bit countercultural. It's a bit like, you know, you know, respects and accommodates new bits of thinking. You know, it's rad. It's horny. It's <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I think it's really good. And congratulations on, you know, on, on getting it, you know, beyond kind of like a thought into the real world. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So a big, uh, big thank you to you, Will, uh, for joining us and sharing your thoughts on Helix and everything. And I'm pretty sure people are going to check out your blog. And then um, if there is an opportunity to contribute in whatever the way, um, you know, I think we encourage the people to do that. And speaking of money, so go ahead and check out our Patreon and then give us oh. money. <laughs> hey. Um, man, there are, there are really nice people who have been, uh, there are a few uh, new Patreon uh, people who are supporting the podcast. That's uh, a big thank you to everyone. And we are thinking of doing something like a Twitter spaces or something, uh, depending on schedule. So we'll, we'll do something exclusively for, for patrons. And having said that, um, I think, Jordan, if you can wrap up, you know, uh, please uh, tell us what next plans that you have on, on your podcast so people will, you know, yeah, stop maybe... listening to our bullshit. And then... <laughs> Come on, pitch whoa, Lost in Lambdas whoa. a little bit. Come on, we haven't yes. given you much of a Go chance, ahead. actually. Yeah. Oh, man. Well... <laughs> What had happened was I was getting my tweets on and Bork Dude was the one that, I mean, it's not really much of a story. I just like to talk so much <laughs> and I just, uh, I like to talk to people and I really like to, um, I think it's important to humanize these developers. And I think mm. that these experiences talking and having real conversations with these um you know, these, these screen names at Lilac town at work, you know, we, Mm. and we forget that they're, 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 they're people and they have, you know, hobbies like BJJ and, you know, and, and hiking and reading and just all these things. And I think it's really important to humanize, um, as somebody who weirdly, um, learns best, uh, when I have an, um, I guess an emotional interest tie, um, Mm. into something, uh, I will learn, like I learn best uh, in school if I like the teacher. And I think a lot of yeah. people are like that. Yeah. And if you yeah. humanize and you look at the developers, you know, you can be involved with the projects more. You can, you know, um, just appreciate things more and really just uh, having fun. So, yeah, Lost in Lambdas, I will keep, inter- like I said, I'm trying to find people that y'all haven't already talked to or that will respond <laughs> to my Slack messages because I'll hit up somebody, crickets, nothing. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm not cool. That's fine. You'll regret it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's, Listen, it's you know, uh, it, trust. We, we, trust have to, we have to help you to, to get yeah, exactly. on, onto your show because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know some of these people, you know, so we're going to shame them. 
yeah, yeah. Hit them up and just get yeah, the entry, the the entry code. I want to do some more stuff with y'all too. This was this was really really fun. Yeah, this was yeah, really yeah. good. You know, I think this yeah. was really fun. You know, and, and thanks to Will for being you know again he's a brave oh, guy. You know, thanks, the mob Will. cast. <laughs> <laughs> But I think we should be we you know we we have a job as well to mix up some of the uh, the entertainment for people in the closure world as well you know we've got to try and do that a bit more and have a have a lot of fun um, yeah so it's been really great Jordan thank you very much yeah thanks a lot for for joining us and bringing the pretty lady as well onto the Thank onto the podcast. Oh, where is she? Oh, she's sleeping. She's the best. I was like, oh, I'm a pretty lady. Oh, I mean, yes, my pretty lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was almost awkward for a second. There, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I, I also okay. I, I got to keep it um, sane. Keep it professional. Uh, Family exactly. show. Exactly. Is, is, is Will the pretty lady? I thought Will's the pretty lady. <laughs> no, I put my pronouns at the beginning. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I Fair enough. Working on it. But I think you know, we, we even though you know we took over the bullshit. Um, uh, what do you call special specialization? There is still mm-hmm. down, You know, like there is there is there are other flavors that people can pick up and you know entertain people a lot. And 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 I yeah, I, I I'd encourage you to talk to the folks. I think it it is always a challenge. Like even I and Ray does that as well, trying to scout, quote unquote, scout for mm-hmm. the for the people. Sometimes we need mm-hmm. to encourage them because mm-hmm. sometimes they're like, you know, yeah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Or there might be many reasons, right? As you mm-hmm. said, when when people are, there are mm-hmm. humans behind it and there might be many reasons that they can't make it. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, but, um, totally. But yeah, totally. so um, I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in the closure community, it is much, much easier mm-hmm. for, that's what I noticed mm-hmm. because I'm also doing the Rust podcast. That's way mm-hmm. harder to get anybody to, <laughs> to get onto the podcast. Yeah. And also, I think it, it helps a little because since we've been running the show since the dinosaurs were there, you know, mm-hmm. so we are like the. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many people. The, That's the whole thing yeah, I was thinking about exactly. is there's like so the only, there's only so many like, you know, su- superstars. Yeah, but come on. We, yeah. We're at number hey, 74. Hey. Exactly. And, uh, you know, so I think there are more than that. There's a bit more breadth and depth in, in, in the closure, yes. closure script world. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think from, from the podcast perspective, I think we can do a bit like the conferences do. We should be more mm-hmm. friendly towards each other. And I think this mm-hmm. has been really good. I think we yes. can all help each other out and, you know, be part of this uh, community too. You know, exactly. we don't have to like compete for people to come on the show. Everyone can go on different shows and yeah, yeah. there's different, you know, I think, you know, you've got a really great personality and a really great way to talk to people. So, you know, I think everyone's going to really enjoy your show and, um, and it's, it's a different flavor than ours, like you say. And, you know, you're just, you're just a total star in, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, yeah. I'm going to be doing something different with you as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a little, a little project. We're not going to talk about it now. We just tease it a little okay, bit. Right. Yeah. We'll tease okay. it. We'll tease it. So don't use the P word. You got to stop using the P word. I know what you mean by the P word now, but you got to stop using it. What is the P okay. word? Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah. Okay. Politics. <laughs> Politics. He, it, it, I, think it, I feel like it's more like a philosophy of technology. Cheek poly, you get like, hey, can I ask you about politics? And everyone's like, no, God, no. Like, yeah, no, but I, I was teasing it by saying we're going to talk about the P word. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like the P tip. You know, it's like, we're going to, maybe that's what we should call it, the P tip, you know? It's no, like, the P-tip. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> pick, up no. some, pick up some of the branding, you know? Well, 
Will, say goodbye to your job. You're there's. <laughs> You, you should just I, honestly. I shouldn't even tell people that you're still here. You'd be like, I am not associated. <laughs> yeah, with whatever that I, I left. I'm not doing that. Thirty minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is okay. that paid sponsorship end. You know, this is like, welcome to Quip Toothbrush. Brush your teeth with quips and stuff. Yay, VMware. Like. <laughs> Anywho, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna start the dramatic piano. And then we say goodbye to each other now. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, bye. Okay, no, no, that's, that's not our, our, our theme. So thank that's our again, show. Will. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Bye. Yeah, thank you all. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Def Ann. And the awesome vegetarian music or the track is Melon Hamburger by Pizzeri. And the show's audio is mixed by Walter Dullert. Pretty sure I butchered his name. Maybe you should insert your own name here, Dalit. If you'd like to support us, uh, please do check out our Patreon page and you can show your appreciation to all the hard work or the lack of hard work that we're doing. And um, you can also catch up with uh, either Ray, with me, for some unexplainable reason. Uh, you want to interact with us, then uh, do check us out on Slack, Closure and Slack or Closureverse, or on Zulip or just at us at Deafen Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your day and see you in the next episode.